All right. Thank you, Amy. That was good. I loved that. I'm not a teacher, but I love that stuff. So, yeah, we had a good week. You know what? I'm going to start with, if you're thinking, man, my life's been hard. I've had been going through some things. I'm going to start with my failures and share them with you guys today so that you can feel better about yourselves, okay? Um, so, you know, sometimes does it make you feel better? Like, oh, maybe it's not so bad. So, um, that's just something that God has put in my life. He's like, share your failures because you can build on that with a testimony. So I'm like, oh, awesome. So we, like Amy said, we had a, our dream course. It's great. You guys, I planned everything. We we're going to be outside. It was nice. Except for I accidentally lit everything on fire 30 minutes before people got there. The table, the carpet, everything was on fire. Because uh, I thought, you know, we don't want to have people getting bit by mosquitoes. So I lit a citronella candle. The wind had other ideas. And I come out, and everything's on fire. All these people are supposed to be showing up. So I had to, I hurried did it, put a new carpet out, everything. And so I was like, okay, God, you want it to be fire. So if you didn't light your property on fire this week, give yourselves a thumb up, thumbs up. Okay. Now the next thing, I don't think anybody has done this this week except me. Um, so you can really feel good about yourself, but I slapped a baby in the face this morning on accident. A very small baby, Nevaeh. I feel terrible, but they're standing there, and I backhanded a baby, guys. So if you're saying that you had a bad day, I had a worse day because I slapped a baby, okay? So if you, if you didn't slap a baby, you're doing good this week. Sunday's the first day, the 10th I give is slapping a baby in the face. And they still love me. They forgive me. I thought, oh, my gosh, they're never going to see me again. I'm bringing this baby. Like, I beat your baby. You know, she's like, it's fine. And, and, and she, she was fine. She was smiling. Her eye was watered. <laughs> but she smiled. So I was like, okay, Lord, you've got to put grace over this situation. So you know what? When things are looking bad, just say, at least I'm not like our leader who slapped a baby. <laughs> So, you know, sometimes we have to look at the things we do and say, you know, there's grace on them. We got to move through them. You know, we can't be, we can't hold on and be like, oh, no, this happened. I did this and be all upset about it and, and things like that. Yeah, it's funny. You guys have to, if you did not laugh at that, there's something wrong. But, I mean, not, the baby is okay now. I mean, in the moment, it was terrifying. And I thought, this is why I'm not going to have any friends if they have babies. I just need some reassurance. You guys are still my friends, right? Grandparents, you still like me, right? Okay. They're not listening. <laughs> they're, they're plotting against me right now, I think, because they're like, that was our grandbaby. See? They're withholding forgiveness from me. <laughs> just <laughs> this is so much fun to start with the Lord with joy. So you guys aren't plotting against me because of what happened? Okay, it's good. Um, so we're going to talk about moving forward today. I think I need that in my week. Um, I'm going to not light any candles this week. I promise if you come. I only have one more carpet, so I'm not going to do that. Um, but yeah, we're going to move forward because God always wants us to be moving towards him, right? And he's always, he's always ahead of us. He knows what's coming next, things like that. So moving forward, you know, what does that look like? Sometimes we think it looks like a race, running after, like, I got to compete with this person. I got to have these things in line. Um, but what if you're still dealing with old pains or traumas or regrets? 
What if that old man wants to just pop up unexpectedly? Can we still be moving forward? The answer is yes. Yes, it's how we deal with those things, but those things are going to happen. We're going to be moving along, and all of a sudden that old man's like, hello, right? Has that ever happened to you guys? You're doing so good, and then all of a sudden you're thinking, that isn't me. Why did I act like that? Why did I respond like that? Why did I say like that? Why did I have that thought like that? Why did I treat somebody like that, right? You think, I just heard the word of God. You leave from Sunday. You know what happens? Probably most fights happen between families on the way in from church. What is going on with that? You're like, oh, I'm going to hear the word of God. Why can't you get ready in time? We're going to be late, you know? Especially, you know, if you, yeah, that because that is so true. And then after church, it's like everyone's just hungry, and we have not figured this out. It has been over 2,000 years, and we can't figure out that we need to bring a snack to church, people. Because it takes us a long time. On the way home, we're fighting about where we're going to eat. You know, dad's like, I don't care. And then finally you're like, nobody's eating anything. Everyone's in tears. You know what? Then you give them a candy bar. and every, I mean, it's like, whew. Right? We're laughing because we all have experienced that. And we want to pretend like nobody else has experienced that. You know you have. If you haven't, you probably don't have a very close family. Because that happens. So, it doesn't mean that, oh gosh, we didn't hear the word of God. It's not true for our life because, you know, we got in an argument on the way home. No, we could still be moving forward. And sometimes we're in this place of just sustaining. Just staying in the same place, just doing what we know just over and over because, like, at least this is kind of working. I, I don't know what's coming next, but at least I can just sustain. I think we had a couple years of that with everything that has went on on the earth. It's like, I just want to sustain my household, right? I just want to be able to keep going. Things change so much. Like, okay, let's just, let's just make, get some normalcy is what we're trying, we've tried to do. So that's great for a season to get that stability back. Sometimes when you've had, you know, a roller coaster year, we want to just be like, I want nothing to happen. <laughs> I just want it to be smooth, right? So, the, so you know, sustainability is good for a season. But sometimes, this is where I want to get into a little bit, sometimes we get stuck. And I don't mean because we're comfortable. Um, we talked about the persecuted church last week and about just being comfortable. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about being stuck because... I think that there are a lot of believers who want more. They're not just comfortable and be like, I don't really want to move forward. I think that ultimately people who know Jesus want more of him. I think it's, it's natural. So why sometimes do we pull back? That's what I'm going to talk about. You know, we want to share. We want to live and breathe the gospel. And sometimes we get stuck because of regrets and guilt and missed opportunities and failures and fears. You know, you guys got to hear my fails today. But that doesn't stop me from going into tomorrow. I'm not going to be like, oh, I'm never going to hold that baby again because what I did. You know, I can't face those parents, Right? Instead, I did what God calls us to do, and as soon as that happened, I took her and ran to the mother. That's what God says, run to me and be like, I did this, fix it, you know, because I can't fix it. She saw mom, she's like, okay, I'm okay. And that's how we should be with God. Instead, we hold the failures and we're like, don't let anyone know, oh my gosh, what are they going to think? And God's like, just bring it to me because I have the solution. I can wrap it up, I can fix it, I can take care of it for you. That's what I created, you know, that's what our relationship was created for. So in saying that, I kind of want to hit on regret. Because sometimes we can feel regret even when there was no sin involved. 
I know it's like, what? But sometimes we can feel regret even when what happened didn't even involve sin. Sometimes it does. Sometimes we just wish we made a different choice, right? It's not a sin choice. We just wish we made a different choice. I'm going to share an example. So um, when I was in high school, I just wanted to be done with school. Now, I look, and I'm th- I look back and I regret not dual enrolling because I was a smart student, but I didn't want to do homework. I had a 4.0 and I never did homework. That was my life. Okay, what could have happened if I had parents or, or if I would have taken that initiative and dual enrolled? So I had some regret, right? I've had some regret, like I could have been done with this and then um, and things like that. So I had regret, like I should have done this. Now I look back and say, if I would have done this when I was young, I would have actually finished through this. But, you know, when you're young, you're like, I just want to get out and be free. And so that's like a regret. Like, I, there wasn't sin in that. There wasn't sin that I didn't make that choice or I didn't push myself to do that. But there can be regret. Like, oh, man, I could have been so much further ahead because God had something for me. I did do two years of school, got married. Then I got pregnant, and I couldn't. I was down and out for a whole year, so I didn't go back. So things, so I'm thinking, I have regret. If I would have done this, this would have happened. And I thought about that for way too long in my life. That's what we do with regret. We think about it longer, way longer than we should. We bring it back up more times than we ever have needed to. And so there's, but there's different, we need to understand regret entraps us in replaying those events over and over and over. And thinking about if I would have done this, if I would have said this, if I would have made this choice. And some are just choices and some, was, you know, turn into sin because of the choice that we made. But we replay that over and over in our minds. If you haven't done that, I'm pretty sure everyone has had things where you just have played it over. Even maybe years back it just come up and you thought, man, oh, I just wish I would have done that. You know, I wish that, you know what? That my mom and dad would have, when I was born, would have, I came when Apple came out. Would have been great if they would have bought me stocks and Apple, right? (laughs) What do I regret? There's some regrets like that. Like, you know what? I thought maybe I should have done this. We have regrets. And there's levels of regrets. So, you know, you get to a restaurant, you order some food, and you get in, you're like, I really did not want this. (laughs) Like... I, I ordered a salad because it sounds like I should, but I want that cheeseburger and fries, and now I regret because this salad is not making me feel any better. <laughs> but that would make me feel better in the moment. So I regret, like, or you, the best thing is, is I'm going to out my husband, though. He almost always gets a burger and fries, but when he doesn't, he almost always regrets it. And he's like, can I have a bite of yours? Can I have some of that, of someone else's? Because he's like, I should have got my burger and fries. So sometimes there's small regrets like that. And you know what? Those can pass because guess what? I can just go, guess what? The next day I'm going to go get me a burger and fries. The next meal I have, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take that and I'm just going to take a hold of that. I'm going to do it. So that's a small regret. You can fix it easily. You don't have to think about it. I mean, I hope nobody is still thinking about, like, you know, a missed meal they had, you know, from 10 years ago. Um, but then there's things like, you know, levels of regrets. What if, what if you feel like you chose the wrong career path? What if you feel like you chose the wrong spouse? What if you said you didn't want children and now you 
are older and you feel like you missed the opportunity. Or you had kids and you thought, maybe I didn't really want kids. Maybe I missed out on other things. I don't know. I hope that you're not like that. Let's be real what goes on in people's heads, right? Those are a little bit bigger regrets that can be what happens is we begin to, it, it might, for a little while, it seems okay, but then as we begin to bring up those thoughts and, and that those things over and over, we begin to build on those circumstances or those ideas or the, those thoughts in our minds, and we make that regret bigger. We begin to build a case against ourselves or against other people, like, oh, I regret this, and, and if you would have got out of my way, and, and I thought this, and, and all of a sudden we, we begin to build on that regret, and we keep it alive. Every time it starts you know, fading away, we pull it right back up and walk with it. And because regret can look a lot like frustration, anger, depression, shame, anxiety, stress, all those things. It can look like all of those things or one of those things or any of those things at any given time. You know, after we got married and 9-11 happened and there was no jobs, I really regretted not having that extra education in that moment. (laughs) You know, I was thinking, man, I could have been doing a lot of things. But see, that's what regret can can look like. It can bring stress to that situation. But the great thing about this is, so we talked about all the things that we feel, guilt, shame, all of this. We all know that we have these things going on. But then we have to say, Jesus. That's the part that we come in too late most of the time with, is Jesus. Let's bring him right to the center when it happens. You know, let's run with that shot and be like, take care of this. Look what happened. I made a bad choice. You know, I shouldn't talk like this with my, (laughs) you know, I made a bad choice. What, where do we go from here? That's what Jesus does. Instead, we pull back and we put the regret on. We put our own thoughts, our own ideas, our own offenses. We like to put those on. And we want to say, well, this and this. No, I don't think they're doing this right. I don't think you're doing this right. I think that I should have made this choice and you don't, And Jesus is like, you know, if you just come to me, you can get rid of that offense, that anger, and, you know, your own rebellion and self-righteousness. Because Jesus can set us free from that never-ending replay. He said he came to set the captives free. He came to set the captives free. Every one of us was a captive before we met Jesus. Every single one of us. Some of us still are when we keep ourselves captive to our own thoughts, ideas, and offenses. Right? But Jesus never said we had to. He said, bring it to me. Romans 8, it says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. It's not your purpose, your ideas, your thoughts, your job, you know, your family. It is his purpose. When we know that God will work out everything according to, to, for good, according to his purpose, where he's placed you as his purpose. Even if you feel regret of something you may have missed, God will bring it back around or he will use that testimony to bring good out of it as part of your walk, your destiny, and your calling. So you can't be like, well, I did this and it was sin. God's like, great, now you know, now it can be your testimony. Now it can be your freedom. Now it can cut the shackles off of you. 
instead of replaying that over and over in your head and putting yourself further into a pit. God's saying, you know what? When you serve me, I will work all things out for the good of those who love me. Whew. Even when we did, even when we're the ones that made the bad choice, he still says, I want to work it out for your good. That is, I mean, we made the choices, we kept the regret, and God says, I still want to work it out for you. And, and you're, that is really, really, really good. You know, as parents, we probably know, like, oh, you kind of get the consequence of your choice. Because we're trying to teach our parents, our kids, that there are, you know, consequences to actions. And God has that too, but he says, always have a way to bring back to freedom. So I'm going to talk about Esau. Here's a joke for you, Mercy. He says, Esau's birthright disappeared before his eyes. <laughs> Only Mercy. That was for Mercy. I told her that it was specifically, you guys, I'm not great at jokes. But, yeah, so I'm going to talk about Esau um, in Genesis 25. So it said, in, starting in 25, it says, the boys... Um, the boys grew up, and Esau became a skillful hunter, a man of the open country, while Jacob was content to stay home among the tents. So, you know, uh, to me, that sounds like Esau. You know, he probably liked to hunt and do stuff. And, you know, Jacob was probably a gamer, right? Yeah. <laughs> Isaac, who had a taste for wild game, loved Esau, but Rebecca loved Jacob. Mom was probably a gamer, too. Um, once when Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau came in from the open country famished. He said to Jacob, quick, let me have some of that red stew. I'm famished. Jacob replied, first sell me your birthright. You know, he's pretty sly. Look, I'm about to die. Dramatic. They were teenagers, so. Um, Esau said, what good is a birthright to me? But Jacob said, swear to me first. So he swore an oath to him, selling his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau some bread and some lentil stew. He ate and drank and then got up and left. So, so Esau despised his birthright. Just saying, I am not doing that for lentil stew. Chocolate cake, you know, some cheesecake, I don't know. Um, lentil stew, I thought, man, what's going on here? But still, okay. But Esau despised his birthright after that. And in Hebrews, they actually are talking about it again in Hebrews 12. And it says, um, is godless like Esau for a single meal? He sold his inheritance um, right as the oldest son. Afterward, as you know, when he wanted to inherit the blessing, he was rejected. Even though he sought the blessing with tears, he could not change what he had done. So we are seeing some major regret there, aren't we? What could he have done different? He, he focused on that regret. And, it, you know, that was in the Old Testament and even moved to the New Testament to show how much bitterness and things like that. If he would have changed his, his mindset and said, okay, I gave my birthright, can we go together? Can we be in unity and serve? Could it have been different for his line? But regret made him angry and bitter you know what I mean? And selfishness, instant gratification, my way or the highway type thinking. Well, I'm hungry. I want the food. I'm the oldest. Give me what I want. 
but it changed entire generations because he held on to that regret. Because he could have cleaned that up. I mean, I just wonder sometimes when you see these stories, it's like if they would have run to the Lord, if they would have come humbly back, if they would have said, I want to be in unity with this, let's move together, let's do, you know, let's serve the King of kings and Lord of lords, what would have changed over and over, we see that. And I always like to wonder about that because I'm thinking, God, you, you give us choices. They had choices too. It wasn't like, well, this is how, you, you know, you're bound to do this. God knew that they would, but he gave them choices. And so we saw how regret destroyed Esau. Because sometimes we just, in that moment, we just need to take the time and grieve that regret. Just take a moment and, and be angry about it and say, I wish I would have. And then, God, after you grieve that, sometimes it's tears. Sometimes it's that, you know what, I'm going to go and, and I'm going to find me that cheeseburger and fries. And, and, you know, sometimes it's cleaning up a mess between someone. Sometimes it's forgiving ourselves. But sometimes we just need to take that time and we need to grieve and say that was a loss. That was something I wish I would have done. Okay, God, where can we go from here? Because now I'm in this spot. And most of the time we stay in the grief and we forget to say, okay, God, where, am I, where should we go now? What can we do? How can that be a testimony? How can that move people towards the kingdom? So in that, you know, we cannot change the past. But God says we can change our future. Foretelling, foretelling. God says we can't go back and change the past. But God says I'm giving you wisdom to be able to change your future. You know, he couldn't, God even put his own laws when even Adam and Eve ate of the fruit. God could not go back, undo it, you know, rewind and have them try again. But he said, oh, I will change the future. I will make sure that we have relationship with all humanity and I am sending my son. He chose, instead of being like, I regret, I should have never made these people. And he could have wiped them off the earth right then and just been like, I'm just going to, you know, enjoy this beautiful garden. It's beautiful. He could have done that. He didn't have regret. He, he, kept, he kept saying, I have hope. I want to keep changing it. Even after we did it, I mean, humanity did stuff like that a lot. We do it a lot. I mean, the Bible is full of it. And God's like, you know what? But I'm still going gonna, gonna to change things and we're going to have a way. <laughs> you know what? I said I'm going to burn all this. But if you just find one, okay, well, th- you know, this happened. But you know who's going to pick up the stone? God can continually took care of us. We can't change the past, but we can change the future. And I'm going to go back to my story. Brr, I'm not going into the past, but I'm just backing up. So I said that, you know, I wish I had dual enrolled and I wish I had this because, you know, I ended up going to two years of college and I got the president's list. I got all A's. I didn't do homework. I just wasn't that. Um, I know that I am silly and crazy and I can't get words out, but I'm actually smart. <laughs> but I'm actually more relational. My goal was always since I was born I've just been more a relational person that's just been who God created me to be so I had to be who God created me to be but something I realized in that is I can't change that for myself I can't go back and get that I don't I didn't know all these things were going to happen I was going to get married and my kids were going to come in two years and all these things but what I did set up was both of my girls have dual enrolled you know, are completing school early, have that, because I had the wisdom. Instead of letting that happen generationally, I thought, I'm not going to do, 
for them it's going to change. And so instead of staying in that regret and complaining about it, I said, we're going to do something, you know? And I'm excited because you know what? My kids are smart. They're like, oh, my gosh, I don't. I mean, I'm not going to say which one, but one of them was literally like, oh, my gosh, I'm not good at this. I'm like, oh, so, like, uh, B plus is bad? You know, I'm thinking where, where people are freaking out, and they're thinking, this is a terrible grade. I'm thinking, what? Like, I'll be okay. Like, you're in college now. If you, like, pass with a C, who cares? Like, it's already done. It's like, <laughs> you know? But I look at that, and I'm thinking, we can have a change. So we didn't know it. Instead of staying in that regret, setting up things so it will be different. And that's, that's what the choice we did, and I'm really proud of you girls. are both so smart. You got it from me and your dad. No. No, you actually got it from the Lord, let's be honest. You know what? He hands out all wisdom and knowledge. So anything that came through me came through him first. Let's, let's be real about that. We can joke, but we know all wisdom comes from the Lord. If it's not wise, it ain't from him. So, so maybe it's things like that. Maybe it's not the career you wanted. Then change that. Go get something else. You know, or choose that I'm going to do that career so well that I'm going to do it with joy and I'm going to add to instead of take away when I go in every day. Right? Because maybe now you have a family, now you don't have a choice to be like, I'm going to sit home and play video games. Well, that's not really a choice anymore. But you can also, you can choose to go to your, your place of employment with joy and say, God, what are we going to do today? And God's like, I'm glad you asked. Be like, you're the only reason I go here, Lord. And the Lord's like, I know. But I thank you for being a good servant, getting up every day, going to work. And that is, you know, I thank Matt for that, and he thanks me. But we got to remember to thank each other for doing even things like that in our family. Thank you for taking care of us. Thank you for going to work every day and providing. Or thank you for taking care of this home every day. You know, thank you for that. Because they're walking the destiny that God has for them in a job that maybe nobody thinks about or being home all day and you don't even get out of your pajamas because you're so busy, I don't know. You know, we need to be realized that our destiny can still be in there. So we, instead of regretting, like, the decisions they made, we say, I want to go in this with joy. We talked about last week that, you know, we need to go into things with joy. Come on, it's good. Knowing that God has an answer and a plan for you. Maybe it's things like you regret marrying your spouse. <laughs> Should we talk about this one? Uh, they are not, not the person they thought. Things happened. You know, about, so when we look at that, I've seen that so many times. Being and watching people go through divorce, that's, that's painful no matter what side you see that on, right? Some people have went through, some people have not. And you know what? Sometimes you're like, oh no, it's not the person I thought. Y'all are laughing like, you know what? You've thought that. If you've been married, you've been like, Lord, are you sure this is the one you sent for me at one point? You know, and then you get over your emotion and you realize, yeah, it is. Because as soon as you marry that person, that's the person. Right? But I'm talking about even to things like that with like marriage and stuff. Maybe God's saying, instead of you thinking, oh, I regret this decision, God's saying, how about you be the person I created you to be so that you can walk in the marriage fully? 
And then while you do that, you're showing the love of Christ. You look Christ-like, and that other person begins to rise to that occasion because you are creating an atmosphere that is full of the Holy Spirit. So don't be looking like, oh, the Lord didn't give me this spouse. I regret it. No, the Lord gave them to you. You just have to be a man of God or a woman of God that he also created you to be. If you're not being that, you can't be mad that they're not. That was tough. But that's where we get these regrets. And we play on them. And we play them over and over in our head. We make this case against ourselves or other people. Or we, or we stay stuck and we can't move forward because we're too busy replaying that, that situation or that poor me or I don't know what to do. Regret kind of keeps you stuck. But going back to who? Where do we go back to? Jesus. Oh, you guys are... Whew. We might need some more training on this. Who do we go back to if we want freedom? Jesus, that's right. We can talk about all those things, and it can be funny, or it can be, like, touchy. When I say some of these things, some of it's funny, but some of it is touchy. Because you know what happens when you feel that, ugh, or you don't like it? That's because the Lord already knows what your thought and your heart was doing. And he says, you know what, you're a little far from me. Come on back. Get back to Jesus. He has all the answers. It is all in him. We have the, all the freedom to change course. Look at David. He was a shepherd boy. You know, he did a lot of terrible things. As young and as, as, a, as an adult, he did some really bad things, like had people murdered, was an adulterer, all of these things. And God's like, oh yeah, David, I just love him. He's a man after my heart. <laughs> you know, like we might not think that in that moment, like you know, usually that's not what I see, God. Like, you know, people are usually like, I love you, Lord. God's like, yeah, that's because you look at the outside. Oh, how often did they go to church? How much Jesus cross did they have on? What are they smiling all the time? They're super kind, and they never make any waves. God's like, but I see what's going on in people's heart. So people you may think aren't following me are following me fullheartedly, and the people that you think are following me don't even know me. That was really good, Lord. He's so good. But you look at David, what changed is he chose to run after God. He said, I'm not going to live in this regret forever. I'm not going to do this. You know what happened? I have to move on. I still got to be kings. I still got to call on the Lord. Even after I make these mistakes, you see David singing. He's like, Lord, have you forgotten me? Please don't. I love you so much. Come get me. And God's like, I got you, David. You know, we got to change some things. He's like, I'm so sorry, Lord, I love you. You know, you see David, he is a little emotional sometimes. But he chose to change instead of being like, this happened because they did this and this, you know, all these things. What happened is David said, okay, I'm going to change. I'm going to put my eyes on the Lord. I'm going to put my eyes on the Lord, not what I did in the past, not my thoughts I had in the past, not what people think I did, you know. He danced in his underwear, and, you know, God was like, you just love me so much, you don't even know, you're just wearing your underwear, boy. And, you know, his wife was like, oh, oh my gosh, what are you doing? Oh, so embarrassing. And God's like, well, I didn't really notice because he was just loving on me so much. And, we, and he, got, he didn't hold on to all those things. He chose to move forward, and we know that Jesus' lineage came through 
him because of that, right? So you can do all of these things, sin, everything, thought process. You could have messed everything up in your life to this point. Like you could say every choice I ever made to this point was a terrible choice. You can do that. And then you say, Jesus, let's go where you go. And he says, great. And you know what? Everything can change from that point on. And we don't ever have to look back at that. We don't ever have to go back and say, this is who I was. That's not who you were. Who Jesus says you are, that is who you are. Because I want better. You know, I want to be better than I was yesterday. I want to be better next week. I look and think, five years ago, oh my gosh, like, oh, I had a lot going on. You know, yesterday I had a lot going on. Today, today's going to be good. Right? You know, my, I want my failures to propel me forward, you know, because that helps me much more quickly acknowledge them and learn and grow and change. Like, you touch a hot stove once, how many times? You don't touch it more than once, right? You don't go up and be like, that, whole, that stove is really hot. I'm going to hold my hand here for five minutes, right? You, do, you don't do that. You, oh, my gosh, I got too close. Oh, ouch, right? You learn from that. I'll tell you another story about my children. I love telling stories about my children. So, um, When they were little, we had a real Christmas tree because I never had a real Christmas tree growing up. So I was like, yay, real Christmas trees. And maybe that is why, you know, I have regret of not having a real Christmas tree. That's why I have like 20-some Christmas trees in my house every year. True story. Um, I actually do a giveaway every year. If you guess, People have one where I say if you guess the right amount of Christmas trees, I give you a little gift. So watch me on Facebook. Uh, but when our kid, when... <laughs> You guys are all going to be like, when's she doing the Christmas trees? Wait till after Thanksgiving. I decorate my house, and I have you guests, and whoever wins, I got a gift for you. Um, watch this year. The Lord's going to be like, you're doing one. <laughs> Don't do that to me, Lord. <laughs> okay, I think there was a story in here. Oh, yeah, 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 learning quickly. Um, so I thought, oh, my gosh, like, we, we was poor. Um, and so we had to put our tree in a bucket. <laughs> and Layla was, what, nine months old, right around there. And I thought, she's going to pull this on her, and it's going to. So I just took one of the needles, and I took her hand, and I said, if you touch us, it hurt you. And I stabbed her with it. <laughs> and my kids never touched anything on the tree, and I've never had an issue. I didn't, I put glass things at the bottom. They never touched it. They put, mm, you know, <laughs> I was going to stab. You know, they didn't need to learn it over and over. <laughs> no, she learned. Because you know what? She loves Christmas. She likes to decorate it, but she don't take nothing off. Even to this day, I usually have to do all the, you know, tear down myself <laughs> with the tree. I'm just joking. They do help. Oh, that makes me another story. But then I did not do that. You know, other people's kids, I didn't do that. So then I'm going to pick on you guys tomorrow since I already slapped your baby today. So... <laughs> <laughs> so when they had their first little link, he came over in the Christmas trees, and I thought, but he's so sweet. Like, it's, it's not my kids, so he can do what he wants. <laughs> so he's like, ball. And he does my Christmas tree, starts ripping the balls off and throwing the balls. Do you know what those balls were made of? Glass. But you know what? I didn't stab him with the glass. Don't th- I know y'all were thinking I did no, I was, they're the parents. Oh, no, I was like, it's fine. He can do it. Just throw him. Just throw him. I clean him up. 
See, that's what we do with other people's kids. Our kids get stabbed. <laughs> so stab your kids, not other people's kids. <laughs> joking, I'm joking. Oh my gosh. So we have to learn from our experiences, right? We have to learn and not stay in that regret. Like, you know, I don't want her to be like, oh no, well, she, every year I just regret putting up the tree. And I gotta, I see these people that put like baby gates around. They put their ornaments halfway up. I'm like, y'all need me to come stab your child with a pine needle because it does not hurt them, but it could actually save their life. If you knock a tree over on someone who's, you know, 14 pounds, because she was teeny, like, that could, if it hits her wrong, that could permanently scar, right? So what is a prick to learn from, really? So follow me for more parenting tips. (laughs) What are we talking about? It's so much fun. Learning. I've learned, you know what? Failures make us learn much quicker, don't they? (laughs) So if we're stuck, if we're stuck, we want to be moving forward, but we feel stuck maybe in past relationship choices, decisions, etc. We get stuck sometimes. First is, the first thing you got to do, sorry I've been picking on you guys today. Don't sit in the front row so much. <laughs> Don't do your job. No, I love you guys. You have great kids. So the first thing is, we got to grieve it. Be honest about how you felt what your expectation was. Be honest with yourself. Take that time and move through the grief. Be like, I wish I wouldn't have done that. And you know, you're not saying it to yourself. You're being honest with yourself, but you're saying to the Lord, Lord, I wish I wouldn't have made that choice. And God's like, I I wish you wouldn't too, but let's move forward. I still love you. I'm covering it with grace. There's more than enough. You know what? In every situation, God's like, I'm going to give you another opportunity, another job, another, another try at this. That's how we grieve through it. Say, Lord, I'm sorry. And God says, I know. I love you. I forgive you. I'm going to cover it with grace. And he lets us grieve. But we got to actually do that. Instead of putting it on replay, beep, 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 you know. We don't want to be replaying those regrets. Second thing is focus on what you learned. Even in the most terrible decisions, we can learn something. Even in the most terrible circumstances, we can learn something. You know, get what God put there. You know, receive what God is showing you. Like, hey, this bad thing happened, but you learned this. You now have grace and mercy for someone here. So the next thing, focus on what you learned. Like, oh, I wish I wouldn't have done that. And God's like, but if you hadn't went through there, you wouldn't get this testimony. I look at it and I'm thinking, God, I didn't go to school and do that because you had something else for me in that time. I wouldn't have probably had, we, we probably wouldn't have got married as soon. We wouldn't, I wouldn't have had my daughter at that time. And, and our life course would have changed. So I'm like, Lord, even though I have that regret, I need to focus on what I learned. I learned how, you know, to work hard. I learned how to be a good mom. I learned how to be bold and spread the gospel and do anything God has asked. Because when you have nothing, if God asks you, you do it because you have nothing to lose. I always say, everyone should be poor for a season because you know, you know what? All you have is the Lord. So if he asks something, you just do it. So there's, and that's just, that's just kind of part of our our testimony and yours might be different, but when we learn something, 
we can make a different choice next next time. We have experiences. We're experiencing things. Let's learn from them. So we got to grieve it. Then we learn. Then we learn. And the next thing is is the last thing we need to do. We need to grow in grace. We need to grow in grace. And I think this is really hard um, for believers. We're like, oh, the grace of God, the grace of God. But do we actually know what the grace of God is? We don't show it to ourselves. Grace is getting what, not getting what you do deserve and getting what you don't deserve that you didn't earn. Let me say that again. Not getting what you do deserve. Maybe you do deserve punishment because of what you did. Or you do deserve that um, consequence or whatever happens. But God says, I'm going to cover it with grace. And you're actually going to get blessing. You're going to get wisdom. You're going to receive all of these things because you know what? You're going to get what, what my son deserved. And it's always good things. And so we need to look and say, okay, Lord, we need to grow in grace. Grace for ourselves. We are going to make mistakes. We are human. We're going to have all of these things. And we need to have grace and say, you know what, Lord, I don't know why I did this. Please forgive me. I talked about last week about forgiveness, that we need to be quick to forgive not just others but ourselves. And grace is part of that. And say, God, I know I messed up and I just want to, I want to just, I just want to live in this spot and God's like no we're going to cover that over with grace you don't need to look back at that we're not going to go back there so we need to grow in grace because God shows it to us all the time and learn to extend it to yourself God gave it to you but then we can't accept it we're like no God oh I just I just couldn't accept that Lord you, you just don't understand the situation God understands every situation before we even get into it so there's nothing that has kept us from or or disqualifies us from the grace of God he freely gives it it is a gift we cannot earn it that's why it's grace you can't do all these things to get grace the Lord releases it when he chooses and you know what he's called us into his son and he said I want to release grace on my people he even wants to release grace on mankind that reject his son. How good is that? How many of us really want to show grace to people that don't like us or are against us or talk about us or hurt our feelings? And God's like, I want to even extend grace to them. So you have permission, not from me, you have permission from the Lord to show yourself grace in those situations because God gave it to you. It's his grace. So don't so when you don't receive that, you're actually telling God you don't want you don't want his grace. So if we just put it in different ways and think about it differently, it's like, oh gosh, I don't want to tell God what to do. Right? But when we're in that, we're like, oh, I just can't, you know, you don't know what I've done. And God's like, Yeah, actually I do. And you know what? If someone gives you a gift, you don't say, No, don't I don't want that. You know, no, get away from me. We don't run away. We see a gift, we're like, I wonder if that's for me right? Yeah, it's just like natural. If you're my gift people, and who, who's love language? Who's who I got? Any gift people? Raise, I know you have raising some gift people. You know what? When you, 
you're always aware of gifts. You know where they are, when it's coming from, and you're not going to turn down any gift. Someone give you a Tootsie Roll, you're like, I love it so much. <laughs> you know, exactly. If you have gift people in your life, you need to get better. Carry a Tootsie Roll in a pocket. I don't know, something little, like a sticker. Here, you got a sticker. Here's a happy star. I don't know. But that's what we're saying to God. That gets a little more real when we're saying, no, I don't want that from you, God. And he's like, but I already covered you with it. And, and we're trying to pull it off. Like, I want to be in this place so people will feel bad for me. And God's like, but that's not who you are. I already covered it with grace. So I'm going to finish with this. When we walk in grace and, and we learn to forgive and we keep moving forward in our destiny, because whether we like it or not, other people are depending on our walk with Christ to meet him. Other people that you don't even know that are watching you are depending on you being right with the Lord and allowing him to cover you with grace. Their eternity is depending on whether your walk, because God is sending you out to say, let me tell you about Jesus. He's sending you out to spread the gospel. So our lives are very important that, we you know what, when we say, I'm going to serve you, Jesus, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk the way you walk. I'm going to do what you do. I'm going to let go of what you say to let go of. I'm going to grow. I'm going to forgive. I'm going to do these. I'm not going to pick up offenses. He's saying, good, because you know what, other people's lives depend on how you walk with me. You guys, everyone in this room is here because someone else said something to you and said, hey, you, you want to come to church with me? Hey, you want to hear about Jesus with me? Every one of us is here because someone else said something to us. So your walk is so important. So important. In Romans 8, it says, so, so don't you see that, when we, that we don't owe this old do-it-yourself life one red cent there's nothing in it for us nothing at all the best thing to do is give it a decent burial and get on with your new life god's spirit beckons there are things to do and places to go when that regret comes knocking give it a decent burial because you know what we need to learn and use our testimony to move forward because there are things to do and places to go Let's pray.